All right. I'm glad we're kicking off a new series uh, for the uh, month of November. I want to let you know before we get into that um, about the, uh, the Racial Reconciliation Become One event. It's next Saturday, the 12th, at the Amphitheater at 630 um, I'm honored to have been asked to be a part of that, and uh, we'll have uh, worship is blended between African-American churches in the area and some uh, white churches in the area. Um, I think uh, Dana King, one of our own, is a part of that. Um, and then there's going to be a panel discussion that's going to talk about some, some very real issues uh, regarding race and Thomasville and everything, and uh, I've been asked to be on that panel. I think I might be the only white person, so... Y'all got something to pray about this week? Um, so, but it's going to be really good. Uh, we've, I've been spending time in prayer with the people that are involved, and uh, we just know that the Lord's going to move in a strong way in our community. You know, this community is, is interesting. It's, it's different. It's unique. Uh, with some of the stuff that happened, you know, earlier in August uh, regarding the shooting and everything, um, the, the leaders of the community intentionally said, we're not going to let outside influences affect our community. Um, and it was really cool to see. And so we're, we're standing together, we're banding together, and we're choosing to be Christ-like. And the church is called to lead culture. And so that's what we're doing. That's what this event is about. So we are actually canceling all of our classes on Sunday night, next Sunday, except for 101, because that's when they have their Uniquely You um, t- uh, uh, testing. But 102, 103, we're going to cancel that Sunday night so you guys could please be a part of this and support um, what's going on there. So that's that. Um, hey, I, we're officially in the holiday season. Some of you are like, sweet, it's about time. You had your Christmas tree like ready. And as soon as Halloween was over, you started unpacking. I happen to be a day after Thanksgiving kind of guy. Uh, I just, I like to make sure that we give proper thanks, but there's no judgment here. <laughs> okay. Um, there can be a lot of pressure during the holiday season, can't there? There's so many things to go to. Um, you know, family gatherings, in-laws, amen. Money, how am I going to pay for all this stuff? If you've got children, the children want this, this, this. They have no idea how much things cost and how hard it is to work to get money for things. Often there's travel involved, going to see people, getting the perfect present, there's just all kinds of pressure. I encourage you, uh, I, I spoke a couple years ago, um, I, I want you, you can eat the turkey and dressing, but don't eat the turkey and stressing, okay, this, this, this holiday season. It's not, it's not good. It doesn't taste good and it doesn't fill you up, okay? So you get the opportunity um, to practice peace, um, to practice peace this holiday season. So we're talking about first things first. This whole month, we're going to take a look at the concept of priorities and the concept of, of what matters to God. You know, we, we talk about, you know, church is known and gets a bad rap sometimes for talking about money a lot um, because, you know, but the scripture talks all the time about how we handle money. Well, one thing that you may not realize is scripture talks a whole lot about, about how you handle your time. And, and so we're going to talk about, we're going to spend uh, this month looking at this, um, and we're going to kind of look at the big picture. This morning is called, It's About Time, because literally the message today is about time, <laughs> okay? 
It's, it's about the concept of time. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. So I just want to jump in it here. And, and I want to tell you some things that we should know about time, okay? Some of these you'll say, oh, yeah, I know this. This is pretty obvious. Some of them maybe you hadn't thought about it this way, okay? But first of all, time is a gift. Time is a gift. Um, you know, you didn't ask to be born. Does anyone remember being asked to be born? If so, talk to me afterwards. That's kind of weird. Um, but you didn't ask to be born, right? I, I mean, it, it, you were gifted with life. You were gifted with time. And so because it's a gift, because it was given to you by another, it's important that we approach it from the attitude of, hey, I need to take care of this because it's a gift that was given to me. And so many times we just think we own time, but time was not our own idea. It was something that was given to us. Time is also a resource. Time is a resource. Now, a resource, if we define a resource, is a supply of something that you can make withdrawals from in order to function properly. All right? So, like, we talk about uh, resources. Like, if you're a builder and you're building houses, then wood and drywall and, and tile and whatever you're going to use, those are all resources that you use to complete the project. Uh, money can be a resource, right? You need funds in order to purchase raw materials. Um, you know, people can be a resource. You need labor to make something happen. And so, in the same way, time is a resource. It's, it's, it's a supply that you are meant to use to do something with. It's not just something that you were given and, okay, whatever. It's an actual resource. And because it's a resource, we have to pay attention to how we're using it. Just like a builder would pay attention to how much wood they're using or how much drywall they're using or how much whatever they're using in their project. So it is a resource. Here's the other thing. Time is limited. Time is a limited resource. It's, not, it's a non-renewable resource. You can't buy more time. If you could figure out how to sell time, you would make a lot of money. I've heard people say all the time, man, if I could just have, if there could just be 25 hours in the day. I feel like I could get so much more done. Well, that's not true because you'd probably sleep. That's what I would do. That's what I would do with an extra hour in the day, right? But time is limited. Time is limited. And, and we need to understand that uh, it's a non-renewable resource. Therefore, since time is limited, that means that time is precious. There's an economic principle called scarcity that, that, that teaches that if something is not always readily available, yet it's in great demand, the value of that thing goes way up. Supply and demand. Right? If you have an oversupply of something, then, then, then you know, little demand. You can't charge much for it. If you have a small supply of something and a lot of demand, you can charge more for it. And, and so time is precious, it's valuable because of this principle of scarcity. It's because we've only got so much. Right? Here's the last thing as I'm kind of introducing this concept that I want you to know, and, and you know this already. Others want to manage your time for you because it's valuable, but because it's precious. It's a limited resource, and so others are going to want to use your time because they themselves have a limited amount of time. And so people are going to want to use that. You know, people, if you, don't, if you haven't gotten this yet, you need to understand people will be happy to run your life for you. 
They're happy to run your life for you. If, if you don't decide how you're going to use your time, other people will decide for you. And so we've got to learn to be intentional when it comes to our time. Okay, intentional and, 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 and willingly looking at these things about how we manage this precious, precious commodity. Here's the last thing I want you to understand is that how you use your time will either bring glory to God or glory to yourself or someone or something else. How you use your time will either bring glory to God Glory to you or glory to someone or something else. How you use your time, you know, how you use your resources, whether it's your time or your money or your talents or whatever, it's a form of worship. So how you use your time is determining what sits on the throne of your heart. And it's funny, Jesus had an interesting conversation with the Father in John chapter 17. He said, I brought glory to you. This is Jesus talking to God the Father. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus decided to make the most of his time and to bring glory to God through his time. And he sure did. You know, I don't know if you've thought of this or not, but man, Jesus got a lot done in about three years. (laughs) Totally revolutionized the world. It's very rare that someone uh, in, who lives hasn't heard the name of Jesus. And yet it took him three years of ministry to establish that. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that, that we, we know about Jesus when he was born? We'll be talking about that in December, right? Um, we, we know about Jesus at age 12. He was preaching in the synagogue. At that point, he knew he was the Messiah, knew that God was his father. He got lost, and his parents got pretty mad at him. But after, between the ages of 12 and 30, we don't, we don't really know much about Jesus at all. And the easiest explanation of that is because he wasn't doing anything of any note. He was working. He was a carpenter, taking care of mom. His father probably died. During that time, because we don't see Joseph again, do we? So he's, he's, just, he's just doing life, doing life. But yet he was being obedient, and he was bringing glory. In just three years, he turned the world upside down, because he had determined to use his time to bring glory to God. So I, I want to tell you three things that I want you to know about time. When it comes to us giving our time to the Lord. And this is going to set us up for the rest of the month as we're going to begin to talk more about priorities and what comes first and how to know when to turn something loose and and that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about family. We're going to be talking about, you know, rest. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things this month when it comes to first things first. But three things about time I want you to know. Here's the first one. Here's the first way that we can honor God with our time. And it's to take honest inventory of how you use your time. To take honest inventory of how you use your time. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read 15, 16, and 17 as the verses. And then we're going to back up and just focus on, on 15 for a moment. It says this. See then that you walk circumspectly circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm reading the New King James Version, and I love verse 15, the word circumspectly, like we don't use 
that word very often. Honey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to walk circumspectly today. You know, we don't say that, right? But it's a cool word. It's a compound word made up of two ideas. Circum, meaning circle, right? Looking around. And spectly, spect, meaning vision, looking. So circumspectly, it literally means looking around. (laughs) So, So let's walk looking around, being aware. Not as fools, but as wise. In the Greek, the word that's translated circumspectly here, it means, it means let's walk accurately and diligently. Accurately and diligently. See, here's the thing about us. Is we're really, really good at lying to ourselves. Aren't we? We're really, really good at talking ourselves into things we shouldn't be talked into. Talking ourselves out of things that we should be talking ourselves into. We're really, really good at that. And, and so it's one of the tools that we use to sabotage ourselves is to lie to ourselves about the reality of who we are and what we're doing. And we've got to take an honest inventory of how we spend our time. This is interesting. There was a paper from the Harvard Business Review that found that employees who stopped working 15 minutes early before the end of the day, who journaled, and reflected on the lessons that they learned that day at work, performed significantly better than those who simply kept working until the end of their shift. Why? Because they took some time to walk circumspectly. They, they were diligent. They, they, made, they, made, they made sure they weren't just doing what they do because it's what they do. But they were saying, is this the right thing? What did I accomplish today? Is this in keeping with the vision I have for my life? This works in all areas of our lives. Several years ago, I lost a lot of weight. I can't tell you that it's still off right now. A good bit of it is still off. But you know, you know what I did? The, the way I did it is I kept a food journal. If you would have asked me how, much, how many calories I consumed each day, I would have told you a certain number. Because it was just my best guess, because that's what I figured everyone ate. And then I used an app on my phone to keep up with it. Whew. I was eating so much more than I realized. Why? Well, I, I didn't, if you had told me I ate the, that many calories on a daily basis, I would have said, no, there's no way. But only once I became circumspectful, only once I became diligent, only once I began to take an accurate inventory of what I was actually doing was I able to fix the problem. And this is what we have to do with our time. This is going to work in your home life. Hey, if you're married, ask your spouse. Now, only do it if you want to hear the answer. Don't ask them to tell you the truth and, and then blame them for telling you the truth, right? But if if you really want to know how you're doing in life, ask your spouse. How do I spend my time, sweetheart? How do I spend my time, honey? Is there an area of my life where I am out of order when it comes to spending time? Now, I'm warning you, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. But you would be wise to listen. There's one person in this world who has pledged their life to you. You. Out of the billions of people... You should listen to them. If you really want to get into it, you've got children, ask your kids. Whew. Well, my kids aren't old enough. They're five, they're six. Oh, they're old enough. They, they can't use the same language that you do. They can't process information as deeply, but they can tell you what they think. How do you, how do you feel about how mommy or daddy 
spends time. If you had more time, ask your children, how, how would you use it? If there was more time in the day, if we had an extra hour, what would you want to do? They're going to reveal to you the desires of their heart. So see, this works in all areas, all areas. We need to take honest inventory of how we spend our time. Amen? Amen. Here's the second one. Is redeem the time that you have. Once you know you're being honest with yourself, that yes, you do in fact spend hours every day playing phone games. Once you realize that, then we can redeem the time that we have. Back to Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Walk circumspectly, not as fools. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what is the will of the Lord. I love it. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you know that we live in a time where there's a lot of evil around? We do. All right. This is what I believe this means. You redeem your time because the days are evil. In other words, your default, if you aren't actively redeeming your time towards good things, the default is going to be towards the world system, and the days are evil. The days are evil. The, the word redeem here, it, it means to rescue from loss. Do we have any, like, super couponers? You know, you, okay, the couponers, yeah. Like, you've got um, the couponers, you know, they have, like, uh, um, you know, their closets full of, like, just tons of potato chips. It's just tons. It's like, wow, you like potato chips? They're like, no. It was like, buy 49, get the 50th free, so, you know, I saved five cents, you know? Yeah. I've actually seen where people can work that system and get paid. It's pretty crazy. Y'all show me how to do that. That'd be cool. Um, but, but when you redeem a coupon, you are, you are literally rescuing yourself from loss. Because if you were going to buy something and it cost $10 and you redeem the coupon, it now costs $5. You've rescued yourself from the loss of another $5. Are you with me? So you're rescuing yourself from loss. Well, in the same way, if you think about it, you've got a certain time allotment. And you want to spend that on things that will affect people positively and move you towards God's will for your life. Remember verse 17? Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is for you. Think of it like this. You've got 24 coins in your pocket, representing the 24 hours of the day. Each day you wake up with 24 new ones. You can't spend the ones that you had the day before. How are you going to spend those coins? There's a preacher, I believe, I believe this is attributed to him. His name is John Wimber. Um, I love the guy. He was, he was just a, a hero to me. And he had a prayer he would pray. He'd say, Lord, make me a coin in your pocket that you spend however you want. That was his prayer every day. Hey, Lord, spend me however you want today. Whatever you want me to do. An encouraging word here, praying for someone here. Maybe I just spend the day with you. Whatever. What do you want? You spend me. My time belongs to you. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, if you read history, you'll find the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. Those who do the most here affect change here are those that are redeeming the time because they understand that it's short and that there's another life coming. And they've changed their perspective. And they're choosing to rescue their time from loss. They're redeeming it. 
They're saying, I don't know how long I have. This is a limited resource we're dealing with. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe 40 years when I pass away. But whatever, whenever that is, I'm going to use my coins. I'm going to use this resource to bless others and to walk in the will of God. So we've got to redeem the time that we have. And lastly, we keep eternity in mind. We've got to learn to keep eternity in mind. It is so hard. You know, we live in such a fast-paced um, you know, culture. I'm so impatient. I'm so impatient. I mean, I just, you know, I, I want to get where I'm going now. I just, I really, all this technology that we're, that we're spending money on, I, I really want them to be able to beam people like they did in Star Trek. That would make me so happy, you guys, is like to be able to be beamed from somewhere. Wouldn't that save so much time? Like just whenever I'm in my car, like I know it's supposed to be like this, like relaxing. And I'm supposed to listen to worship, and I do, and listen to teaching, and I do. That's all I do in my car. And, and, but like I, when I'm in my car, I'm not where I'm trying to get to. That's like my mentality. So I try to get there as fast as I can. And, and I would love to be beamed. Of course, I'm sure it wouldn't work right. My arm would show up wrong. You know, they, they wouldn't put me back together the right way. But that, that's like, that's awesome. Like someone get to work on that, okay? Um, but we need to keep eternity in mind. We need to understand the brevity of this life and the permanence of eternity. I'll never forget when I was young, I was at a youth camp or something like that. And maybe you've seen an illustration like this, but someone took a roll of toilet paper and, and they rolled it all the way across the room. And then they took a pen or a Sharpie and they made just one tiny little dot right in the middle of it. And they said, this dot is your life compared to all of eternity. That's always stuck with me. I thought about doing it today, but I I didn't have toilet paper. I mean, I do have toilet paper. I didn't bring it with me. (laughs) So many jokes right now, but I'm not going to do it. Psalm, Psalm, 19, Psalm 90, Psalm chapter 90, verse 20. It's actually a Psalm of Moses. He says this, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. The New Living Translation says, Teach us the brevity of life. Help us realize the brevity of life. Look, I, I, we, we, live like there's, we live like we're going to live forever, don't we? We do. But that's just not the reality. The reality is we are suspended in eternity on either side of our lives right now. There has been forever before us and there will be forever after us. And what you do in that little speck of time will affect the rest of eternity. We've got to keep eternity in mind. 1 Corinthians 3 is an interesting passage. The Apostle Paul is is talking about this. and, And he's actually... Talking about when you're a believer, I don't know if you guys know this or not, and I hope I can bring some, maybe some relief to you if you didn't know this. If you are a believer, you are going to stand in front of God and you will be judged. But if you are a believer, you will not be judged for your sin. I know some of you are thinking, wait, 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 what? I thought that's what God did. I thought he just, no. If you're a believer, if you're in Christ, you have no sin. It was put on Jesus. 
It was, it, it's been given to him. He bore your sin on the cross. So if you're a believer, when I stand in front of God, He's not going to go over, well, Jamie, you know, you stole that pack of gum when you were five. And, you know, you got in that fight when you were in seventh grade. And you yelled, you spoke harshly to your wife, you know, whenever. And, 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 the, and, and like list all the sins. If you're in Christ and you're in Christ, you don't have any sins. Scripture says it's as far as the east is from the west. That's as far as how far he's cast it from us. So I'm not, and if you're a believer in Jesus, if you've given you, if you're following Him, you, you're, the blood of Christ cleanses you, and you, and for all judgment purposes, you have no sin. Now, do you still sin? Yes, you do. Of course, you do. Scripture says, if you say you have no sin, you're lying. Don't be a liar. Of course, you sin. We all mess up. None of us are perfect, right? We've all made mistakes, and we will continue to make mistakes because we're human. But, but the father went ahead and took care of that issue by making his son the sacrifice for our sin. So you don't have to give account for your sin, but you will give account for something. Even if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you'll give account for your sin. If you're in Christ, you will give account for your ministry. You will give account for what you did with your sinlessness. Let me read this to you. 1 Corinthians 3. He's talking about how we are all essentially builders. And we are building on the foundation of Jesus. If those, those of us that are, that are saved, we're building on the foundation of Jesus. Verse 12. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will, will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. Again, we're not talking about eternal destination. If you're in Christ, you're saved. We're not talking about your sin. You've been forgiven. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. See, you're saved. You've been given grace. If you've received the love and acceptance and the forgiveness of Jesus, you're following him you're allegiant to him, then, then you are saved. But you will give account for what you're building with your life, how you spend your time. Because remember, time is a resource. How are you spending your resource of time is going to determine what that judgment moment is going to look like for you when you first get to eternity. And we've got to keep eternity in mind. And so when I want to veg out and watch Netflix all day, like there may be a time for that. But if, if, that's my, if that's my normal, if that's how I choose to spend my time on a regular basis, and it's not just an exception, then I'm going to have to give account for what I'm building. Because what I built for myself was a movie room in my house. When I should have been building a, 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 a buffet of God's goodness and mercy for others to eat from. And so we've got to keep eternity in mind as we're spending our time, as we're utilizing this resource of time. You are building something with your life, with your choices. Where are you building? Are you building it on earth? Are you building it in heaven? Are you building it for yourself? Are you building for others? Jesus said, don't lay up treasures for yourself here on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Anytime you do something for someone else, you're doing it. You're building in heaven. Anytime you do something for yourself, you're building on earth. 
Where do you want your home to be? Well, it depends on how we use our time. And that's my question for you, is are you bringing glory to God by how you use your time? If you were to, if you were to watch a video of your life, if you were to take inventory, accurate, honest inventory of your life and when it comes to your time, Would you be bringing glory to God or would it be bringing glory to yourself or maybe someone else or something else? Your life is a monument of worship to someone or something. Who is it? Who is it? I think as we, as we we're going to get into priorities and, and, and all that kind of stuff next week. So I'm going to give you some real practical advice next week. I encourage you to be here. But... Hey, I think this is a good question. I think this is a really good question. I think we need to turn inward and focus and ask who are we bringing glory to in our time. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for prayer.